Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Writing the Gary Kelly's podcast. We're back after what feels like a very, very, very long international break. At least Calvin didn't have to pretend to be Grealish's best pal this week. We're straight from the pitch and into the podcast. On the panel this week with me, we've got Matt M, Matt B and Lucy. How are you doing, guys? Hey, Vic. Hi, Vic. All right. I'll... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like can't be asked to even say hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Raging. We're all we're all annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> like super fake and professional, and Matt's just absolutely raging. Brilliant. Right. Well, on today's show, we'll obviously discuss the Leeds versus Arsenal result and try and keep it as um, balanced and positive as possible. We'll have a chat with Simon Grayson. We have a proper classic match to look back on, and to finish off, it's everyone's favourite game, the Wheel of Wotton. It's a bumper show, and the best thing about it, it's completely free. So first things first then, Leeds United nil, Arsenal nil. I'm scared to ask, but how are we feeling about that performance and the result? Out of all of us, by, by the sounds of it, I'm the only positive one about it. I think um, on the grand scheme of things, you take it, you take, you would have taken it before kickoff, absolutely, especially after the the four one defeat against Leicester and Palace. I would have taken it hands down, easy. Arsenal at home, you got to take it. But then. During play, I just felt the game were ours for the taking. Chance after chance after chance. And sometimes you know we're leads under Bielsa when we are going to perform and we are going to get a result in some, some way because, you know, we interplay really well. You, you keep hold of the ball, bit of possession. We don't look nervous. 
We look structured. And you could see that today. And I think the inclusion of Phillips has probably made a massive difference to the team as well. It, we look more balanced and, and, and assured at the back. But I had a good feeling throughout. I really did. And, and even even Pepe's red card, which I guess we'll, we'll chat about in length in a bit. But I still felt the game without there for the taking. And, you know, we eat the woodwork three times. 24 shots to six. Was it 24 to six? What was it? 25, 25 to nine, I think. think. <laughs> Does anyone know? It was a big gap. <laughs> we had plenty of shots. <laughs> so, yeah, I think overall I'm happy. I, I, I really am. I think, you know, we've got um, Everton, Chelsea and, and and Manchester United next. So, yeah, I think things definitely started to click again and we look like the, the, the Legion United we all know and love for the last couple of years and in glimpses uh, this season because the the last two games we've been unrecognisable at times. Uh, we've been panicky, trying to force play. Uh, but yeah, I think I think having Phillips back definitely definitely structured us and, and made us more organised. You just hope his uh, his knee injury isn't as serious as as, as what it, it might have been at first year. That's the last thing that we want. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy with the result today. I think I think Vic you tweeted earlier. I think we could have we could have played all night and still we still wouldn't have scored. Yeah, I think we played. Um, probably the best we've played for a few games obviously it, the clean sheet was really important obviously uh, conceding eight goals in them 4-1 defeats before the international break definitely nervous going into the game I think obviously we had the two-week international break a lot of players out on international duty and were worrying thinking oh, are they going to get through without getting injured but they've come back and uh, really pleased with the the way that we played I think we were a lot braver I think playing in them small spaces works a lot better for us and being a lot braver instead of just lumping it upfield and seeing who gets on the end of it. Um, really impressed with um, Rafina finding space to pass the ball in. Uh, Rodrigo came on, had a, a few good shots um, and was really brave. So, yeah, I'm really, um, really happy with the the point, I think. Obviously, I would have been happier with the win, but I don't think we can complain with a point and a clean sheet. I think both of, the, uh, both of them are, um, are correct, really. When you think of it on a whole, is that before... Um, before the game, we'd probably all taken a point and um, and a clean sheet, especially on the back of conceding eight in two games. Um, but it's just one of it's one of those funny situations, isn't it? That before before a game before a game before a game against a big team like Arsenal, you'd have thought that um, we'd have done well to take a point. But then in the grand scheme of things, that we thought that we were over, overall in most departments, or well, every department, we were. We were the better team by a considerable margin, even before um, before Ali Oscar shit housed Pepe into head butting him. But um, but on the other, on the flip side, you 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 do have to take your chances at um, at this level, and I think it it sort of shows more than when we were um, possibly in the championship. But we know that there was the promotion on the line. But it's, it's hard not to it's hard to be too positive and maybe. A, a little bit negative at the same time, just to say that um, we probably should have killed that game off after after all the chances that we had. had with the uh, as as we still can't figure out how many <laughs> how many we had in total. I think it's reasonable to be disappointed to not come away with the three points from that, given that we had 24 shots. The fact only four of those 24 were actually on target—that's the issue. So we were still creating those chances. It, we did find it difficult to break down that Arsenal defence is that kind of where we need someone like Pablo to really just have the key to unlock that killer pass at the end which 
Robin Cock was obviously trying to kind of push and force a little bit. But without Pablo, it is a little bit more obvious that we're missing that really special creative player in that kind of number 10 role. I wasn't too sure what Cock was doing. For, for a moment, I thought it was Belushi whipping these balls in, overplaying it into the box. Uh, Jason Pierce were renowned for it as well. Didn't really understand that. I think I think Ben White did it well last season. He he, he was great from playing out from the back and and, and playing these long balls over uh, into the box. But yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think I think we it, it shows we are missing that creativity in midfield. You know, we we rely heavily on wing play as well, which is which is evident in in how we play with the Pablo situation. I believe he's not injured. I think he was just dropped, was he? So yeah, it, it, it begs the question is is we are crying out for that player, should I say? I think we definitely saw um glimpses from Rafina um this evening when it comes to creativity. Obviously it's his first um Premier League start. Obviously got to give him a bit of time to get into the into the swing of things, but I think he could be one of those key players who could find that sort of killer pass to un- unlock hopefully the creativity and Get a few more goals in the back of the net. He looked good, didn't he? Rafinha, yeah, he, he looked he looked very good. He, he's one of those he's one of those players that actually that you, that you just know that, that they've got something about them just by even watching five minutes of them. He's just got that that explosive burst of pace. He's it's tricky on the ball. And but I, what I was going to say was is that I think it was quite it, the, one of the positive things was just having Rodrigo back. That I think that um, uh, of course we mentioned Pablo, but I do think. Um, Rodrigo is the man that is going to um, fill that hole, and I, do, I think we'll, against uh, ten men previously, we've struggled in a sense sometimes to get clear cut chances. Whereas today we were creating quite a lot of clear cut ones towards towards the end of the game, which I do think we did. We have struggled on in the past where we've sort of not been able to get into those vital positions. But I thought if you probably are going to take positive from from these missed chances is that I did think that we did create some very good good quality chances, which is something that, um, as we've discussed, is um, we, we have lacked of creativity sometimes in um, over the last couple of years, maybe in those situations. And I think Rodrigo and, as, uh, as Lucy mentioned with Rafinha, I think their quality sort of showed in, in today's game. Do you think it's one of those games that might have played out differently had the crowd been there? So I was kind of watching it thinking... When they'd gone down to 10 men, we were being very patient. We were trying to find that killer pass, like I say. But actually, if we'd had the crowd there, would there have been a little bit more impetus to actually, I don't know, be a bit more scrappy, a bit quicker on the ball? Yeah, I definitely think if crowd was there, um, it had been a lot different. I think Arsenal were wasting a lot of time when it came to taking um, goal kicks, taking throw-ins. I just thought they just really did slow the game down. And I think if the crowd were there, they'd have been behind obviously um, the team and really shouting at the referee to sort of t- tell them to sort of get on with it. And I think um, it definitely would have changed the the dynamic of the whole game. I think they'd have crumbled quite um, earlier than what they did, to be honest, because I did think that they got sort of, um, as you saw with Pepe, got, they, were, they were pretty easily wound up, weren't they? And I think that might have been something that sort of, with, with the crowd, it might have helped us even further to sort of tip the scales in a sense that they... Um, it could have just rattled them a little bit more and even towards the end look a bit shaky like Gabriel with his um, <laughs> that pathetic um, clearance towards the end and stuff. I just think stuff like that would have just got, would have just wore them down a little bit. I think when there's no crowding, you can sort of, you can get away with being a little, probably a bit more defensive because you you, you are solely focusing 
because they always focus on the game, but I do think there's also other factors in your mind that you, when you have a crowd and you, you, can, you can sort of feel that momentum building and I think that would just wore them down a bit more mentally, really. I, I think uh, Alioski certainly did a Matarazzi to Pepe. I think it's quite evident, <laughs> don't you think? And from what from what I could see from the footage, he was, he was doing the classic whale noise into his ear, wasn't he? <laughs> he definitely ah. landed it. <laughs> 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 but Pepe him. fell for it. That's what Alioski is all about. And like players come into this game actually targeting Alioski to try and wind him up. And this time it's backfired. So, I mean, I'm all for it. I've even... not seen him check his tunnel before game. Yeah, as well, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kim Tierney. Yeah, he would have to do it. Oh, she was raging. <laughs> you don't want to um, think Bielsa has control over all, all of the games, but I'm pretty sure he coached Pepe, didn't he, when at Lille, maybe? He did. So yeah, he would have done. May, yeah. Maybe he had a word with him. You don't. I know it was possibly a heat-of-the-moment stuff, but maybe, maybe he... Um, Give Alioski a little word in his ear just to wind him up. At the oh, they were going at it for a couple of minutes, weren't they? They were going at it for a couple of minutes before it actually happened. Did Alioski you not hear it on the footage? Him. Did you not hear it on the footage? You could hear Alioski all the way from through through the TV going. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll make sure that's clipped for the preview. <laughs> going on, going on to Kieran Tierney, what made me laugh is uh, Liam Cooper came over, you know, Scottish. Teammate came over, started putting his Scottish accent on, telling him to calm down. That made me laugh. We've got some comments from the fans from social media on their thoughts on the match, so I'll just go through a couple of those. Um, Andrew Clark says lots of positives. Rafinha class in his first start. Clean sheet, big save from Melia despite not having much to do. Calvin back and got through 90. Rodrigo class when he came on as well. Michael Maynard says, much better defensively. Notwithstanding that, we owe the point to Melier for that great save against Saka, which we've not really touched on, but that was definitely a key point in the game. Um, we were better than Arsenal for 75 of the 90 minutes. If we can bring that into the next few matches, we could surprise. Um, Rush should be knocked off. Rust should be knocked off now, finishing training this week. And Sam Tempest says it was generally one of those games where the ball just refused to go in. No sitters were missed. It was the frame of the goal on so many occasions that any other day it would have settled in the net. Rodrigo needs to start from now on. Game changer. What do you guys think about some of those comments? Oh, I fully agree with that, Rodrigo. Comment, absolutely. He's, he's done it a couple of times now, hasn't he? When he came up, Man City game, he made a difference. I think they, we just need to touch upon uh, Meslier's save with Saka. You know, nine times out of ten that goes in. You saw how he, he went down and then he made himself big and stretched and 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 it was a great save, absolutely great save. And you think Kiko was in goal at the time, he would have just fallen on his back. Just let take it. Let go through my legs, I'm done. But you can see he's a world he's a top class keeper in the making and he's showing it in glimpses, so I think a good example actually is um just going back to the Man City Tottenham game yesterday for both um both of um, Spurs' goals um, Edison comes rushing out doesn't he and sort of you normally see that with keepers that they just sort of they come out and just throw everything at the players and I think that was that's where um, Melier sort of you can see the signs of maturing that he, did, he normally keeper just rushes out and Saka would have probably just had a nice easy finish just rounding him but um, instead he stayed strong and made himself big and uh, Saka obviously messed so not messed up his lines, but because that's taking the pod its way from Melier. But he, he, he forced Saka into sort of rushing his shot. I think they were trying to do a job on him from set pieces and corners as well. And thankfully, their deliveries yeah. were pretty, pretty shoddy. But 
I think that's all part of that process of him, like you say, maturing and actually being able to hold his own despite looking like he's 12. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a common common thing you see. I remember when David De Gea first joined that club from the, the Pennines, sorry, and the, it was a common theme in matches where they used to just stand on his toes and whip the ball onto the goal line. And, and Arsenal tried that today with with uh, little effect whatsoever. But no, I think he's he's took a bit of flack last two games. Like like we've said, I think he's, you know, when you concede eight goals, who are you going to blame? You're going to blame the keeper, aren't you? But I think he made amends today. And obviously a clean sheet is is, is massive for, for us, for our confidence as it is. I think second this season now. So I think we said it a couple of podcasts ago about that Sheffield United result, that 1-0 being a blueprint of what we need from now till what, end of, end of December, probably into January. We just need a few scrappy performances where we're, we're, we're short at the back and keeping clean sheets. And, and I'd place to say today is one of them performances. So, you know, onwards and upwards. I know this is obviously a Leeds United podcast, but I think if I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm a little bit concerned after that performance because they didn't really worry us even when they had 11 men. And I think from a mental perspective, they all just looked a little bit like they couldn't be asked. Period's wore away, hasn't it? With Arteta, I think, I think that's what, I know, I know he's been in charge since, what is it now, nine, over nine months? We were one of his first games, weren't we, in January? Um, but I think, it, yeah, you'd, I, think about, I think someone said Aubameyang's not scored now for like over 700 minutes from open play. So it's sort of, um, you'd be, be getting very worried after all the positivity they had at the start of the season. Um, sort of all just wore away in the space of a couple of weeks, hasn't it? Well, I think Aubameyang's not scored since he signed his new contract. So, uh, you know, I think that's raised a few alarm bells. From They've got the Ozil situation hanging over them. You know, Danny Sabeos and David Luiz had a scrapping training, reportedly, the other day. Yeah, Will- there's something William, going on, isn't there? Yeah, William went on away with Brazil and did a detour to Dubai for an immediate appearance. And he was all off at half-time today. Um, Luke Ayling absolutely had him in his back pocket. So, yeah, it, in a way, it is, you're right, there is problems at Arsenal. We're not on Arsenal podcast, clearly, but... It's refreshing to see that when you look at Leeds, there's none of these stories coming out. As I think the only only one we're dealing with really is the Pablo situation. That's because he's an icon for the club. But even that, the club is dealing with it fantastic. Internally, you know, it's not getting spilled out onto the back pages or the gossip columns. Whereas clubs like Arsenal, like you say, there's ill discipline there, and clearly there's there's none at Leeds, which is is quite refreshing to see after the the 16 years we've had. <laughs> It is. It's a good time to be a Leeds fan. I think the good thing is, you know, it was a draw today, but we can take that performance into the next set of games, which on paper are particularly challenging and know that we can turn up and perform against those types of squads. So if anything, it's just made it even more exciting. Before I forget, we need your support. We love bringing you this podcast and writing content about Leeds United over at writeatthegarykellys.com. But in all honesty, it ain't cheap to run. That's why you could help us out by giving us a coffee. Well, the cost of one at least. All you have to do is head over to our page, buy me a coffee forward slash R-I-T-G-K to donate the price of your espresso kick and help us keep this great content going. Thank you. So now it's time to hear from former Leeds United manager, Simon Grayson, as he relives the day that he masterminded a historic win against the team that we f***ing hate. So let's talk about January 3rd, FA Cup third round game against Manchester United. I'm sure you'll get asked about it in every interview, but it must be a career highlight still. Yeah, definitely. Look, we'd started the season really well. Um, we, we were up, up to the top of the division with Norwich. We were winning games. We had a good mentality about us. 
we had a good group of players and um and it was weird because I still think a lot of people don't realise that we never actually we might not even got to the to the Man United game because we went to Ketchin and we drew there and it was sort of a real tough game for us and then the draw got made and it was Man United away and obviously everybody was buzzing and we had the replay to play still and as much as everybody thought Ketchin non-league it's done and dusted they, they took us to extra time and it wasn't until late on that we got a couple of goals to go through and then. And then it was really just the build-up to it, everybody talking about the rivalry. The lads would walk around the city and reminded of they were reminded uh, about the rivalry and what it meant to the supporters. And and it was we were playing against the Premier League champions at the time, and and, and certainly Alex Ferguson wasn't wanting to get beat by a League One club, and uh, certainly not Leeds United, one of the biggest rivals. So we went there. And I think all I said to the players was, let's make sure that we have no regrets when we come off. Look, if we if we were expected to lose, but within the dressing room, let's make sure that we we believe that we can go and win there. Because it hadn't been a shock all weekend. And I said, why can't we be the ones that go and cause the upset of the third round? And and we went there, played with passion, desire, played some decent stuff. And and obviously Jermaine scoring quite early gave us not something to hang on to, but it gave us even more belief that we could we could actually turn them over and and you look at their squad, like Neville and, and Rooney was playing and Owen came on and Giggs and Berbatov, Valencia, they, they had a strong team out. And uh, and it was, and even now you still think back and thinking, did it really happen? But ultimately as well, when, it, when the fourth official puts up this time, added time, you're still thinking, this is Fergie time. We, we could still lose this game in, in, because it could have got five, six, seven minutes. But then just to see it, the time dwindle down and ultimately when he blew the whistle, it was a magnificent feeling to know that we'd beat the, the reigning champions, 9,000 Leeds fans in the corner and the League One club had turned over one of their biggest rivals. And I guess I guess you knew you'd, you'd made history as well at the time, Simon. I think you look back on it now and it's the first time Manchester United have been knocked out of the FA Cup third round. You know, we, Leeds have not won at Old Trafford for 29 years until that day as well. And you kind of touched upon it earlier, but in the back of my mind, I always wanted to know pre-match, half-time, full-time, what you said to the lads. Because there was that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure, was it 42 places between us and them at the time as well? And everyone yeah. was talking about the game, wasn't it? It was on ITV, prime time, Sunday lunchtime. Like you said, Manchester United packed full of first-team players. They didn't take it lightly. Yeah, uh, I, th- I, think, I think I remember saying to him at half-time, just saying, look, we've... The, the, you can imagine the lads were buzzing and obviously still a little bit in a little bit of shock that we they were leading one nil <laughs> Old Trafford. Um, but I said, look, well, let's just keep keep the game plan that we've worked on all week and you've just carried out for the first forty five minutes. And that was to play from the shape of our team and we played four four two. We didn't go and play four five one. We played two strikers up front and took the game to them knowing. With Luciano and Jermaine, we, we could get goal threats, and we had a, we, I think we had a narrow midfield four of Johnny Alson playing on the right, with Bradley on the left, Kilkenny and Doyle in the middle, and we we had to be very solid. And it, but I always look back at it at the game and thinking we weren't being peppered by it. Casper Ankergren hadn't had too many saves to make, and just said we've got to keep doing what we're doing. We might still get other chances, and I remember Snodgrass hitting the bar from a free kick and. And probably, the, as I said earlier, the injury time was a long, long time because you're just thinking something could still happen. And 
to hear that whistle go in the end was um, a great relief, but also a, a very proud moment. You can listen to our full interview with Simon Grayson by downloading the episode on Apple Podcasts and also available on writingthegarykellys.com, all free for your enjoyment. I'm Richard Naylor. When I'm sat at home watching our promotion from League One on DVD, there's nothing better I like doing than reading and listening to writingthegarykellys.com. So this week marked the 15th anniversary of one of the greatest comebacks from a Leeds United team in modern history. Let's take you back to Southampton versus Leeds on Saturday 19th of November 2005. Leeds were 3-0 down at half-time and looked dead and buried with the game effectively over. And the lads came out second half from an inspiring team talk from Super Kevin Blackwell. And this is what happened. Ended at Svensson and Pahars! The little Latvian is fit again and he's scoring again. Walcott. He is frighteningly quick. He's away from Kilgallen and he's teed it up for Quasi! 2-0 Saints! And it Oakley, who's hit Harding, penalty. It's Quasi, it may well be game over. Kelly's corner. Butler! Well, it's something. It's something for Leeds from the skipper. Leeds now are giving this a real go. A real go. It's great spirit. It's Healy. It's Robbie Blake. And now it's a bit more than something. Handball is it against Higginbottom. It is. It's a penalty. Healy saved the game. That is extraordinary. And there's six minutes to play. They wouldn't dare win it, would they, Leeds? They wouldn't dare win it. Here is Rob Hulse for Leeds United. And Hulse plays it in. And Miller's hit it! It's staggering! They have won it! Liam Miller from Manchester United for Leeds United! If you're struggling for present ideas this Christmas for your mates and your family, the Terrace have got you covered. To make it even better, you can get a discount on all your Leeds merch by using the code RITGK15 when you get to the checkout on theterracestore.com. Don't forget to drop us a tweet and let us know what you ordered. Best time of the pod, guys. That time of the week again. Everyone's favourite game, <laughs> the Wheel of Wotton. I feel, Matt, you need to do the whole voiceover there because you're way better at that than me. The Wheel of Wotton. <laughs> that was scary. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I nearly swallowed <laughs> Right, are you ready? Yeah. The Wheel of Wotton. So dramatic, that, isn't so it? So impressive. Never fails to get me going, that. Rules are the same as always. Three questions. We're going to spin the wheel and see who it lands on. Whoever it lands on will have 20 seconds to answer. No more, no less. You all ready? I think so. Are you sure, Lucy? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Right. Question number one. Alioski is on the verge of signing a new contract, but is he good enough to be in the starting eleven? Lucy? I think this is an easy one for me. I think you guys know how much of a massive fan I am of Alioski. So, yes, 100%. I think uh, he played great this evening, and I think he'll have that boost of confidence after 
qualifying for the Euros during the international break. Um, so I want to make sure that he, he keeps his place in the starting eleven. Very good. Ah. <laughs> You'll have to find the actual clip and edit Yeah, just replace mine. Yeah. <laughs> right, question number two. Who has impressed you the most so far this season? Matt M. God, what a question. Um, I think Phillips. Personally, I think he's he's just ticking along and doing a job. He's done well. He's not set the world on fire. He's in everyone's team of the season so far. But as soon as we've missed him, the last two games, it's been evident and it's shown with the performances we put in. And then he's in today and obviously we smashed it. So. Whoa, taking an extra couple of seconds. Yeah, that's to get a couple of seconds in because I wasted a few seconds at the beginning. Yeah. Now, it's a tough question, I think. You could name even Bamford. You know, he's easily up there as well, in my opinion. But I think if you took if you took Bamford out, you'd put Rodrigo in. He'd probably do quite well in that in that position. But the problem is, at the moment, Phillips is irreplaceable, and it's been evident the last couple of games. Yeah, that's definitely something we need to look at in the January transfer window, isn't it? Because I think, regardless of the depth of squad that we've obviously improved on through the summer, that that role that Calvin plays is is really difficult for us to replace when he's not available. Anyway, we've definitely broken the rules of the Wheel of Wotton. <laughs> <laughs> so on to question number three. We've got Everton up next. What is your score prediction? Matt B. They're in good form. We're getting some good players, our better players back, so I'm going to go one more. Not quite going to win. Not quite. What's the wheel doing? <laughs> Still spinning. <laughs> Possessed by the spirit of Scotland. Stop, stop the count. <laughs> so this week, Right in the Gary Kelly's very own Lucy, uh, kind of made herself a bit of a TV superstar. So do you want to tell us all about your time that you spent with Emma Jones and was it Match of the Day Extra? Yeah, so um, I went on Monday. Um, it was really bizarre how it happened, actually. Um, I was actually on an online lecture and I thought, God, this is bloody boring. So turn my camera off, turn my microphone off, just scrolling through Twitter. And I just saw like a just a random tweet from a, a woman just asking for any Leeds fans between the ages of 15 and 25 if they're available for an interview at Ellen Road on Monday. So I just messaged her, gave her my number. Next minute, I got a message from um, a guy from Match of the Day Extra just asking if I'd like to be um, involved. So I went down to Ellen Road on Monday, um, wrapped up nice and warm in my big Leeds coat, my, uh, my scarf, and got to meet Emma, which was, she was so lovely. She's sort of who I'm looking up to at the minute, um, studying journalism. I want to sort of get into what she's been doing. Um, had to take um, some biscuits with me to best represent how Leeds have done so far this season and just had a chat, really. Amazing. That's so exciting. I mean, to be fair, Emma's kind of a big deal now, so they're probably looking for a new LUTV host sometime soon. 
getting yourself in there you get my book I was asking for her advice I was like have you got any advice and uh, yeah she was really lovely bless her um so yeah that was great experience on Monday unfortunately the footage didn't get used because there was an issue with the um the audio which was really gutting but just to have been there just to have been back at the at the ground like the last time I'd was there was against Huddersfield last season and just to be there was just an absolute privilege. Yeah, that's good. Did you did you eat your biscuits pitch side as well? Just have a little nibble on your custard cream in South Stand or? No, I just spoke about them and then brought them home. Crack <laughs> these open. <laughs> what did you actually say then? So you, did you pick custard creams? No, so I picked. Um, I love a good custard cream. Chocolate caramel digestive biscuits. Oh, fancy. Oh, wow. So, Someone's uh, doing well for themselves. <laughs> no bloody expensive at all, yeah. <laughs> well done. That's really, really good. Yeah, well and done. And I'm sure you'll be the next Emma Jones in no time. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see about that. <laughs> So that's us for this week. Thanks so much for joining us as always. And make sure you give us a follow on the socials at RITGK. We'll be back next weekend after Everton. See you then. Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.